The following program is furnished by Startup Nation Media Group. All right, welcome to this edition of Startup Nation Radio. We've got a really cool story of someone who has come up with a great idea for a business, rallied a great team. It's actually a co-founding team, two co-founders of the company and of the idea that made it all happen, brought the team together, got all the pieces together, and it's a really interesting company for sure. And so we want to welcome Carolyn Espinoza and Alex Vandervert, business partners, but also interestingly, mother and son. That's right. Wow. The company is Quicker Co., And you take a lot of the pain points out of the, I mean, something I know well, everyone knows well, when you have to have uh, maintenance done to your car, it's cumbersome and you don't know where to go. And then you go and you got to wait and you got to spend the time and the whole thing. There's a lot of inconvenience associated with it. Carolyn, let's start with you. As you said, I'm Carolyn Espinoza. I'm the co-founder and CPO of Quicker. And I love that CPO, even that's creative. So come on, CPO, what's a CPO? I'm chief people officer. I love that, (laughs) chief people officer. I knew that, but uh, I like that. Okay, go ahead. So I come from the private equity world. I was VP of HR for a Midwest portfolio. And I got to a point where the companies weren't in a good spot. I felt like I had contributed a lot and I really wanted to take some time off and recharge my batteries. So August, 2019, I did just that. And so there you were, you were working for somebody else. Yes. You were in a paid position. You were an employee. I was. You were. And you saw things that could have been done differently, maybe better. And you also were burnt out and you were looking for a change. You know, there was a time that I probably would have not wanted to admit that I was burnt right. out. But right. I honestly Some people don't even know that they are. I was. Right. And, and <laughs> so, you were, yeah. Yeah. So there was a darkness to the private equity world a little bit. And yeah, I saw some things that I wanted to do different. So taking that time off, I really anticipated going back to work in 2020, but the pandemic happened and I really had to reevaluate. And we came up with Quicker. And you did. And you came up with Quicker. We want to hear how you came up with it. First, Alex, we want to hear a little bit about you. You're the guy that has the audacity to go into business with your mom. Yeah, I, I jokingly say for once in my life, I, you know, I wanted to be in charge of her and stuff. <laughs> she, well, when, when she walked into the studio, she whispered to me, I'm the boss. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's right. Here's, your, know, but, here's your 20. <laughs> right. But no, this is great. I mean, it's a great story now. Now, so tell us about this. Here's what we want to cover right now at this point in the show. And that is, so you were burnt out. You were looking for something, Alex. You're, who came to who, whom? And how did this idea come about and where did it come from? Yeah, Tell us so the backstory. My background, I'm, I'm a plant manager for a tier one automotive supplier located here in the metro Detroit area. And unfortunately, like a lot of people, when the pandemic hit, found myself unemployed during that time. We just, in that time, Carolyn was looking for a solution to have something for her car fixed and wasn't quite comfortable with going into a dealership. And in my previous work experience, I had dealt with mobile mechanics. And so I started looking up mm. in the area and seeing if they had anything, and they didn't. And then she called a company that was able to source a third-party mechanic, and she didn't have a, a great experience with it. And I said, hey, there could be a really good business case for this in, the, in this area. So we started not yeah. once to let the grass grow under our feet, started creating a business plan, and we came up with Quicker. How cool. You know, they say need is the mother of invention, leading to the formation of business around these great ideas that people sometimes have. And uh, in your cases, you needed to make a change. You were burnt out. You wanted, mm-hmm. you were looking for a change. In the mm-hmm. case of Alex, you, fortunately or unfortunately, hopefully fortunately, depending on how the story goes, <laughs> yeah. depending on how your mom does, making this business go, you know, you were forced to look for an alternative. 
Yeah, I mean, we anticipated going back to work, but, you know, there was no kind of end in sight. Didn't know how long, and it was three months that I was unemployed for. So it provided us the, the adequate time yeah. to kind of sit down and yeah. do our paperwork. Had you ever been an entrepreneur before, or was that yeah, a new choice? I think both of us have always kind of had side hustles, so to speak. Yep. And, you know, whether it be real estate or other companies, you know, we were always kind of entrepreneurial spirits. Yep. But you made the choice. I think I find this really interesting, and it really, frankly, is a hallmark of the post-pandemic period. People are really making the choice like never before to, instead of going back to work where they were before and going into a job, to forming a business of their own. I mean, you're doing what a lot of people are doing right now, making the choice to do it. Even given the risks, you know, given all associated with making that choice, that's a choice that you feel good about and that you've obviously made. Well, absolutely. Uh, There's a ton of opportunity, especially more relevant than ever. You know, how do you become an attractive employer, right? And especially with the labor shortages and shortages of everything. And that's the pillars of when we made this company. How are we going to do things differently? Yeah, one of the founding or part of the founding pillars. It's all about the people for me. Well, I want to stop you there because I am stuck on something you just said. Uh oh. I love it, actually. What? I love it. You said when I asked you about your business and you made that choice, you said we wanted to figure out a way to be a great employer. Yes. I don't think I've ever had anybody answer to why did you start a business with that answer. And I think that says everything about you guys. And then you picked up and said we're about the people. That is an amazing statement, actually. I'm going to remember that statement. That That's unique. And I think businesses can take a page out of your book, if you will, because if you focus on taking care of your employees and being a great employer— Assuming you have a great business model that's meritorious and all the rest, fundamentally, you got a great shot to succeed if you can get your people to buy in and yes. to feel good about what they're doing. Because well, the, the oh, go ahead, please, Alex. Yeah. The idea of conscious capitalism, right? We can be a profitable company, a smart company, but you know, if we invest in our most valuable assets first and foremost, which are our employees, then the company will be successful. I mean, there it is right there. I hope it everybody is. heard that. Everyone thinking of starting a business. It doesn't get said enough and it doesn't get said that way. And I'm so glad you guys are on the show because you've made that clear and you have, you know, a real focus on, you said you, you're a people person. Yeah. What does that mean to you and how have you put that to work in the business? Obviously, you're, you know, you're part of this vision of being a great employer, but beyond that, I know you want to get back to your community too. That's important to you. We really are community focused and uh, we want our employees to feel the same way. It's important for the employees to know that we're invested in them, whether it's through continued training, profit sharing, you know, other ideas that I have for the future, which I'm not going to say right now, just because I want to make sure they come together. Sure. But one of our founding pillars is definitely being involved in the community. So we have partnered up with a few nonprofits and whether it is, you know, servicing their vehicles, helping them without charging them or finding a way to share in the profits. So if somebody goes through one of the nonprofits and gets a service, we will contribute a certain percentage. Yeah, I love that. And a lot of companies are doing that now. I mean, I think more than ever, one of the things, again, that's also a hallmark of the post-pandemic era is that people are making choices to do business with a great deal of intention because they are mission-driven or socially conscious. They know there's more to the business than just making profits. And that's a big, big, as I say, hallmark for businesses today. And um, you guys are on the cutting edge of that. Well, I also think what it does is it helps attract future talent. Yes. And then retain them. So people know that we're socially responsible to our employees, to the community. I love that. So what I want to do, we're going to run to a quick break. When we come back from the break, I want to hear how you went from the idea. So you had this idea, you had a kind of your values down for this business of what was important to you and how you wanted to convey that to the rest of the team and to who you were as a business and to your customer base, obviously. 
But I want to hear how you got the business from idea to getting it off the ground, getting it launched, and then where it is today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Stick Thanks. with us. You're going to hear all of that and more from Carolyn and Alex when we come back after this break on Startup Nation Radio. Welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. A couple of really cool people in the studio. You know, we try to feature business ideas and success stories and knowledge and know-how and tips on Startup Nation Radio in order to inspire you and to inform you, to empower you, equip you to start a business of your own and to have the best shot at success. And we got a couple of people worth listening to in the studio today. As I said, I'm even dialed in to this one. So we've got Carolyn Espinoza and Alex Vandervert, both from uh, Quicker Co. The website is uh, quickerco.com, Q-U-I-K-E-R-C-O.com. All right. You've got this business. You provide a very convenient, efficient experience to consumers who need to get their car repaired. That's correct. Remind us again specifically what the business model is. So it's on-site automotive services that we bring automotive car care direct to your home, work, wherever it might be. Okay. So that makes sense to me. Yep. Is the price for using your service, how does it compare to me if I'm willing to sit there in a sweaty shop and me drive it over and do all that kind of stuff as an alternative? How do the prices compare? They're competitive. I I mean, we always price check just doing market research, but traditionally we come in 20% less than what a dealership would be. Well, there we go. So that's the business model. Great service, at least competitive price, if not better. Yep. And I'm sure quality work, knowing who you guys are, done by those employees who have bought into your vision and are proud to be on the team because you guys take such great care of them. Absolutely. So far, I'm loving this model. How did you go from idea to getting it off the ground now? Well, how did that happen? Like Alex said, I had gone down a rabbit hole with a call center that provides a subcontractor to come out, kind of like an Angie's List, right, of mechanics. And it was a very frustrating experience. And I think that that kind of made Alex think about that. And we had always talked about possibly doing something together. So we started doing the research. Yep. So the first thing, obviously, would be, you know, you create your business plan. Yep. And thankfully, I had some mentors that I could reach out to, ask them for advice. And once we kind of had the business plan, it was the next step was like, how are we going to fund this? And so we both self-funded this together and we, we bought our first van. I went down to Florida. Wow. That was some fabricators that could give us the specialized equipment that we were You guys for. are in. You were committed. Yes. We're in. You're in. And this isn't that long ago. Well, how no, long so was this? Yeah, we formed a company in 2020 in December. And then in February, we bought our first van. In March, we went operational. But you have to also understand that as soon as shutdown happened, we were just doing research. And we were doing all of the business plan. And we did a lot of test driving, you know, trying to really figure out how we could best service the clients and what we needed in our employees. Yeah. So that time span between when we bought our first van to March, we had a 100-car initiative where we did 100 cars for free. We wanted to know what we did well, what we didn't do well before we went operational. And so it gave us some good feedback. And we had a lot of people sign up for free and that were very generous to their time. Yeah. And where are you in the process now? I mean, you're nine months into it, right, roughly? Yeah. Uh, So right now we're actually, we're trying to do a raise with some investors and, you know, we're constantly growing. We're getting contracts with fleets and businesses probably two to three times a week and just refining it. We're right now, the biggest problem I think that we've got dialed in is trying to figure out that reoccurring revenue. So when they're not down, how are we still engaging them as a, as a customer and figuring out how to add value to our service? Continually? Yeah. 
And I would imagine those would be things probably, I mean, my, my wheels are turning uh, with ideas. <laughs> That's interesting. So I see the challenge there. You get a car serviced and you don't get it serviced again for what, another year, whatever it may be. Yeah, I think that part of what we didn't really know, I went in with my HR hat on thinking that we were going to walk into doors and offer this as an additional benefit to their employees, you know, and I thought companies would buy into that. But companies were still closed and we were right. meeting a lot of doors. So then the B2C started to happen. But where we've really shown some growth is definitely in the fleets. And I think that the possibility of, you know, having reoccurring revenue by managing their fleets is where we're headed Interesting. right now. Yeah. Okay. Right From now. Well, broader than just service. Yeah. 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 Just maintenance of all kinds. That's Let us help you. Yes. Interesting. But I think that could easily translate into the customers, too. I was just yeah. right where I was going to go. I think there's a B2C opportunity there, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think uh, if you have some peace of mind and if you can automate some of those processes, which is what we're kind of figuring out right now, I think people would find value and that would want to sign up for that, especially if it's at a price point that they like. I agree with that. I think that's really interesting. So I would imagine, given that you're a new business, you're not break even yet or anything. You're no. still, you're right, right, right. You're still in the very, very early formative stages of this. You're still doing a lot of learning, a lot of probably, you know, here and there tweaking and pivoting and other things that all businesses have to do once they take what's in a business plan and actually put it to play into market. Right. You're taking all that market feedback back that you're getting good and bad, whatever it may be. And you're learning from that and you're adapting. And then when you guys think about this business, where does it go? You know, what's the ultimate manifestations? What are you driving toward? Well, we envision ourselves almost at this point as like a, a fleet management. We want everybody to be a part of that quicker fleet. And so right now, as we're just in a local area, I think that this could be easily expanded into other cities and other locations. Uh, I think it's a very easy model to kind of put in other locations. Yeah. What's the competitive playing field at this point? Well, for thankfully for companies like Uber and DoorDash, they've kind of paved the path for on-site, on-demand services. Uh, fortunately, you know, through our research, and it's been extensive, there aren't a lot of competitors that are doing on-site automotive care for one reason or another. That right? have their own employees. That That's what's important. Employees. You know, so we thoroughly vet our employees with, you know, background checks, right. make sure they're the right, right fit. So right. they're doing business with you. You're not, you're not finding someone, a resource to be able to do no. the work. Right. You're instead, you guys, you, you do the handshake, you're doing business with yeah. us. We'll yeah. take care of you. And knowing the two of you, I'm sure that plays really well. Yeah. There's um, a sensitivity, obviously, when you're going to yeah, someone's, someone's work or someone's home. work or home and, and their car. Yeah. Yeah. Taking their car. But we're also finding it's interesting that people really want to engage and talk. You know, we have a website that you could book a service online, but we're finding people actually, whether it's because of the pandemic, I'm not sure. They want to talk. They want to see somebody when they come to their house. It can be completely contactless, though, obviously, because everything comes through a text, including your estimate. We send pictures of your repairs via text. And then yeah. you can pay via text. I would imagine for you guys getting, you know, endorsements like from the Better Business Bureau and getting endorsements from other testimonial accounts, which, we others, do. which you do, I have yeah. no doubt. We have uh, A rating on yep. Better Business Bureau. Yep. And so because that gets to that confidence, that they're, that trust and confidence they're looking for, it's fundamentally, you know, as a baseline. You can't, can't make it without it. It's going to be just really critical. Well, I think it's really exciting. I, I guess in many ways, how do you feel about, you know, here you had this idea, you had this vision, you chose instead of going back to work, Alex, to create a business. Yep. You're making a life change, uh, Carolyn. What, how is it playing out versus how you expected it to? Are you guys happy and satisfied? And, oh, yeah. I yeah. think with anybody, I mean, I, and especially in our professional careers, we, we can easily recognize that there's going to be ups and downs in any business, whether you're employed by someone or you're doing your own business. I and, mean, in life, right? Yeah. I mean, you, know, you right, have to have the right, mental fortitude. Right. Oh, you do. 
to make sure to like weigh it out. You do. I think that we're really proud of what we've created and I think we're confident in where we're going and we understand that it's going to change sometimes and we're prepared for those course corrections. Yeah. You know, I'm really happy for you guys and excited for you guys. I think you have a cool model. You know, every business has challenges. I think getting over that trust hurdle and not having nothing in fact to the contrary, but I mean, if I'm going to trust anybody, I'd certainly trust you guys. You came in to sell me on this. That's for sure. But there, that's an issue. That's a hurdle, right? I mean, you got to earn that. That comes with time and you have to have enough time in business to demonstrate that that's just fundamentally there. But I think the model's really interesting. And I, I think you guys have a great opportunity ahead of you. And I know the two of you with your vision and with your values, you're onto something. And, well, uh, thank you. We appreciate it. So yeah. from, from a Startup Nation radio perspective, getting people inspired and, you know, about starting a business, you guys certainly are contributing to our cause. That's for sure. And we thank you for being on. Well, well thank, thank you. you. Yeah. And if they want to reach you, look, we always want to support people in the Startup Nation community. If you out there are listening and you think this is a service you could use, whether it be fleet service or whether it be, you know, if you're a consumer wanting to take advantage of the service, they get you at quickerco.com, right? Q-U-I-K-E-R-C-O.com. There we go. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Wishing you all the best and great success. All right, back with more after this break on Startup Nation Radio. All right, welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. We're rolling through a Startup Nation show featuring local entrepreneurs living the dream, living their dream, doing what they love and uh, doing it as a business. We've got a couple of guys who are living the dream, that's for sure. We've got Corey Gerhardt and Greg Marquardt, co-founders of Hydrocinch from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Hey, welcome to the show, guys. Nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. thank you very much, Jeff. Good to have you guys. And, and you guys really are living the dream. I mean, you... Uh, you had a dream for a business. We're going to ask you to tell us about it in a second, and you pursued it. That's the always the difference maker right there. Everyone's got an idea, right? You guys went after it, and you're living the good life now, doing what you love. Tell us about the you know the early genesis of all this, well, <laughs> and tell us what it is. Tell us what you guys are doing. Well, first off, uh, we're a uh, kiteboard design and accessory company, but our focus right now is on the harness, uh, yeah. which wraps first, around. First the, of all, you don't hear that every day, do you? No, uh, you don't run into guys at launch or in the kite kiteboard uh, accessory harness business. So this is we have fun toys, fun toys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you guys. Yeah. And, and I love where the idea came from. We're going to get to that in a second. But tell us about the product. So uh, the harness wraps around the user and basically controls the power from the kite that's up in the sky. Um, we've both been kiteboarding now for about eight or nine years, but uh, back, geez, I think it was in 2016, uh, we kind of came off the water one day and said, you know, this harness is just not comfortable. It's riding up. The bar was pivoting up. Um, it gets into your ribs, and it's just not comfortable. And it really, truthfully, what it does is just it takes time away from being on the water. So Yeah, it's, it's not fun. If you're uncomfortable, you don't like this. Wait, i got to just back up one second. Let's talk about kiteboarding. Uh, make sure everyone understands because, you know, it's not the kind of thing you hear about every day. Kiteboarding, that's the, the like the surfboard thing you're on, right? You're on the board, and you got the— You got it. Tell us about it. You got the big kite up there pulling you. Usually huge, crazy. Yep, a huge kite pulling you. You're attached to it uh, directly via your harness, which is what we build. And uh, you have a board, much like a wakeboard, and uh, the wind propels you across the water. It's typical. Maybe you go out to Lake Michigan, you see kiteboarders out there 20, 30 feet in the air pulling off jumps, doing it's spins. It's unbelievable, and, really, it, yeah, to watch. It's, I've it's seen it. It's a rush. It's an adrenaline it's a rush. Yeah, absolutely yeah. adrenaline rush. It's going to be a rush for you guys. 
I don't know about for me, but uh, <laughs> yeah. my God, because you do, you see guys, you know, hitting, hitting air at 10, 20 feet in the air, like you said, and you, you, you know, you, the speed too. I mean, you hit some incredible speed doing this. Absolutely. Yeah. You can go pretty, you can go pretty fast. I mean, the big thing in the market right now is a lot of these big air competitions, uh, especially with the Red Bull King of the Air. They yeah. just got done doing uh, the big air in Hawaii, the cold air in Hawaii. Uh, I mean, there's guys now throwing 30 meter, hundred foot right. in the air, you know, 15 second hang times right. uh, over the water. So it is pretty incredible. I know. And then, you know, most of the market though is, you know, out on the water, just having a good day on a Sunday afternoon, cruising back and forth, maybe some small jumps, but nothing yeah. to that level. Right. Right. But anything that kills a good, uh, something, you know, kills a good buzz is if you're uncomfortable. And so you got these straps you got around it. you that are, you know, not made really with a lot of thought. They're just kind of there to be functional, but it's uncomfortable. So you guys then first tell me that when you came up with the idea, you were where? We were, we were on Long Bay Beach in Providentialis in the Turks and Caicos on a kite vacation. Man, so we it's were, got a ring to it. Yeah. So we came back and said, you know what? We got to start thinking about how we can do this better. And at the time, I, I still had a, a snowboard store. So we started pulling parts from actual snowboards uh, and started tinkering with building prototypes. Uh, that went on for probably about two years until in 2018, back on the exact same beach, uh, we left one of the prototypes on the beach, not thinking, and a big group of kiteboarders came by, looked down at it, saw that it had a ratchet system on the side mm. with rigid straps, and we're like, oh, my gosh, somebody's making a harness like this. Greg and I looked at each other. We got home from vacation, and two days later, hired our first lawyer and started filing our first yeah, patent. Yeah, exactly. You, that was the validation that you needed, right? I mean, you that thought was exactly. it was a good idea, but there, those guys came along and said, wow, this this is something I'm looking for. It's exactly. Yeah. I mean, we had learned something. We knew it worked. And uh, we were just happy with our own invention. This works for us. Right. You know, and then, uh, yeah, when you got the validation, it's uh, that's where the idea, it's bigger than us, right? Yeah. Definitely an aha moment for us. That was for an sure. An aha <laughs> moment. So, so yep. let's, let's break that down because I think it's really important. You know, everyone's from time to time throughout life comes up with an idea or an epiphany or an awareness through whatever your own life experience. And that happened to you guys. The difference is, as I said, you guys, t- you know, did something with it. Now, I think getting that validation, you know, w- would you have gone down the path of actually pursuing a business out of it had you not gotten the validation? And I'm highlighting that because getting that affirmation by those guys or whoever it was that came along and said, hey, that's, that's cool. I'd love one of those. I'd buy one of those. That moment really propels people and propels ideas moving from just an idea to really making a business out of it. I, I think there's a, in my opinion, there's a couple things there that I would absolutely agree with that. That propelled us. But I think having the right business partner, right? So Corey's a doer. I feel like I'm a doer, um, combining our talents together and, and pushing each other. I mean, I think that just made it easier um, on top of that validation. Okay, so, so I cool. think it was important that, uh, you know, our chemistry together as business partners that uh, to make it happen. That was, that was part of the mix, a special mix, let's put it that way. So you guys were in at that point. You're like, you know, yeah. as you said, two days later, you raced home and you're like, we're doing this. What is the doing of doing this Two days after someone gives you that validation, you've had the idea. What do you do to get a product like this off the ground and into market? What are some of the first steps you take? Well, the first thing we we needed was IP protection. So the first thing we did was go out and we found our first, uh, you know, patent attorney, um, filed all the paperwork, you know, started investigating claims and everything else to find out really whether or not we had something patentable or not. Um, that took, you know, probably about a, a month, about six weeks to do all the investigative side of it. Um, we determined at that point that we should move forward and we were ready to go. Um, we filed the patent in uh, May of 18. And then from there we said, okay, now we need 
market validation. So we quickly um, started contacting the big manufacturers to take a look at our prototypes and see whether or not they felt that this had some market credibility. We made some trips out to Hood River, um, some to North Carolina, and started talking to all the all the boys. And uh, lucky for us, we had pretty quick validation from two of those companies also, right. one that wanted to co-manufacture with us and another, we had a license deal kind of orally at least right off the bat. So at that wow. point, wow. yeah, then we came back and said, okay, now we know we're onto something. So right. we did not move forward with those two offers um, and started pursuing even further enhancing the prototypes, uh, really making uh, the product uh, more ready for consumer launch. Yeah. Product testing. Yeah, and a lot of testing. Right. A lot of testing. So yeah. you were at that point, you were you were producing actual versions of the of the product. You were you were you were making prototypes. We were and testing yeah. them, optimizing the product. Yeah. Um and 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 then at some point you have to make a decision. You turn these other guys down. The one wanted to do like a joint venture or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Another guy wanted to license the technology. Right. And 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 so at some point you got to go to market. You got to you got to make some money at it, right? You got to make some sales. What was your path going from product to actually being having something in the market from which, as a business, you guys were making some money? Well, <laughs> well. And when I say making money, let me be clear on this because yeah. I see you. You know, listen. Uh, we get that reaction a lot because, you know, it, it's it's a hell of a path to making money in small business when you're starting. We all get that. I'm not talking about when it was profitable or anything like that, but you guys have had some revenue, right? Correct. We have, but not through product sales at this point. Uh, four months ago, we did sign our first international license agreement with a large manufacturer. We are not actually building products personally. Yeah. Um, our business model right now is to license that product to all the manufacturers. Um Although we have had requests from individuals to basically one off and build, you know, personal yeah. uh, units for individuals. Um, but that's that's where we are right now. So our revenue stream has just started, but it comes from that licensing. It comes from licensing, and that's great. Exactly. That's, that, that's okay. No excuse to be made there. That's yeah. business. That's revenue. And in fact, it's a low-cost, easy market entry uh, opportunity for people like you that may not want to get into manufacturing and have to assume the liability and all the other issues associated with production, shipping, distribution, fulfillment, you know, all the things that go into making marketing. Um, instead, you license it to a company who has that capability, maybe has a product line that, you know, right? And they, they just do. send it down the pipeline. They pay you a, a royalty, right, on unit sales. But there's so much that happens between um, creating that product and talking to companies. I mean, even the process of getting that patent, there was so much that needed to happen. Talking to lawyers, um, still, you don't have anything to sell until you get the patent. You can sell a patent, That's right. patent pending, right. which is right. like a dream in right. that uh, right. that whole roller coaster of getting that patent and, and having people believe in two guys from the mid- Midwest who were not in the business, right? We're not part of that group. That was a difficult struggle. But the minute you we received that patent back in October, things Every, everything t- changes. Everything yeah. changes. Yeah, the credibility factor, exactly. the way they perceive you, the value of the whole thing. Listen, we're going to get into more of how you and and where you took this business opportunity. And the kind of, you know, the kind of what, what the, the life that you lead, leading a business like this, you guys are doing it part-time as opposed to full-time. We want to hear about how you put all that together, how it's working for you, and where it's all going. All right? Great. Right after this break on Startup Nation Radio, we'll be back. All right, welcome back. Startup Nation Radio. A couple of cool cats in the studio with us today. You guys are uh, living the good life, living your dream, pursuing a product area and opportunity that you guys are passionate about, that you guys love. Oh, every day. 
Every day. So tell me, uh, what is it like? You guys hold full-time jobs right now. I do. You've started this business. I do not. (laughs) Oh, you do not. You do not. But you're not doing the business full-time, are you? No. Well, well, no. Um, I I retired from club management five years ago. Okay. Um, But I also uh, own Comus Consulting. We actually are a design and architectural firm out of Ann Arbor, too. Okay, so so you own a full-time. I mean, you you know, you've got got things you're doing. That's for sure. You're busy. You've got a full life. Yep. I have no doubt. Yep. And here you are pursuing this business. How is it the life of uh, an entrepreneur doing this project, a passion project like this? You guys happy with where you are and what you're accomplishing? It is not work. Um, again, like you said, it, it's passion. Um, every night we talk about it. We probably talk every day. And uh, it's all about what's the next step, um, how we can go kiting on Sunday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and doing more testing. It's, it's not a job. It is just um, it's development and it's fun. You know, there's a sense of pride, too, that comes. I mean, look, you guys, the unlikely circumstances that had to come together that could put you in the position you're in right now with a novel product idea, you know, identifying the opportunity in the market, coming up with the idea, pursuing the idea, making the prototypes. They work. There's a better mousetrap out there. You've now, you get the patent on it. And now you get a license. I mean, what are the odds that someone can pull that off? It's low. It's very low. You, you, what did we, we, we estimated 1%, I think, oh, just even just yeah, from yeah. Googling. But you, you hit it exactly on the spot. It's self-satisfying. Oh, my God. Um, it really is. And every, ever since we started kiting, which is 10, 12, I'd say about 10 years ago, you were saying there, Corey, yeah. um, we have determined it has completely changed the course of our lives up to this point in getting to exactly what you just said, Jeff. It's, uh, um, it seems like one in 100 for sure, uh, maybe, maybe less. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. We ride that roller coaster every single day. You know, things are going great, then all of a sudden down the hill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then back up, uh, then down, then back up. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, we get to, you know, if the wind is up, we get to ride. Uh, we really enjoy the people that are in the business. Uh, we get to, you know, converse and be with them uh, quite often. Um, a lot of really nice people in this business, although it is pretty small and pretty pretty close-knit. But. That's okay, but let's talk about the vision then. I mean, right now it's still small. You're still, mm-hmm. you're just now getting into market through the license uh, arrangement that you have with the manufacturer. What's the vision for this? I mean, is this going to ultimately become a quote unquote big business one day, or are you guys kind of this more of a lifestyle business for you? I, I, my opinion is right now, at least for me, it's somewhat lifestyle. Although, I mean, the the kite market is still relatively small. There's about 1.5 million riders in the world. Um, at any given time in any year, there's probably 250,000 active consumers looking to buy equipment. Yep. Um, of that 250,000, there's probably 50 or 60 looking to buy a harness. Our hope is to have 60, 70% of market share utilizing our technology. At that point, it would become maybe a little more than a lifestyle change yeah. for us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. that's, our, that's our hopes, and that's what we're trying to aspire to right now. See, I would try to sway Corey being in the design business that this is just a catapult. We've got a few other ideas in, yeah, in the hopper. I was going to ask about other ideas. Yeah, yeah, we've got a few in the hopper yeah. um, that we're keeping close to our chest. And I think uh, I think I could con- convince you to <laughs> go along for another ride like this. Are, right? the, are these product line, uh, do these fit the product line of with the, the same area of, of, of Endeavor? Or is it these completely just other ideas that are unrelated to... To this product. They're within the realm the of kiteboarding. They're within yeah. the realm of uh, wind sports. Yeah. Um, okay. Again, Corey said it's a niche market. And yeah. that's something when we got, we started going down this road and I was looking at equipment and just coming from design studios, uh, my regular job, you looked at like, this isn't developed. This can be better. Um, it can be designed better. It can be engineered better. And it just seemed like the, the manufacturers might 
they can take a step up and, and they weren't doing that. And I felt that that's where we kind of fit in. You know, we come in and, and um, provide a better product for the, for the yeah. customer, yeah. You know, the end customer. Well, you'll become known, you know, through PR or through whatever marketing you guys do about the product you've introduced into the market. It seems like people are going to get a lot of satisfaction. You're going to get a lot of, you know, positive reaction to that first product introduction you guys have, have now executed through your license agreement. Is there an opportunity to build a brand, you know, on a product line or product lines associated with this area of passion and sport based on the initial success of, hey, we're the guys that introduced that product. And now we're now we're the guys doing X, Y and Z that just kind of feathers right in, follows right along. So am I, Greg, is that working for you? I mean, I'm working exa- on Corey here. But, You're yeah. working on Corey. That's exactly yeah. where, where I think Corey, and I'm, I'm going to speak for Corey, but I would say that's where exactly where we want to go. I mean, we, we've trademarked our name. Um, yeah. We want to be known as the, the hardest guys, right? Um, yeah. And they changed the industry. And that's kind of what we think where our patent and our IP has done to this industry has changed it. And that is very self-satisfying. Yeah. As we saturate market too, and, and more companies come on board, hopefully, I, I think that's going to provide more validity to the company as a whole and give us an, an avenue to launch some of our other product ideas. So that's why we've kind of been holding back on those and really concentrating on what yeah. we consider at least our core product sure. right now. You got to do the first one well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and with this uh, licensing agreement, we are, we just started uh, basically almost direct IP development with a new product line for this company also. Yeah. Um, so you'll pretty much see exact we're hoping exactly what we've produced to this point put onto their new their new product line so it'll be it'll be in their product line will be branded as a product of theirs or will you have your brand on that product um it i mean on the hang tags or on the manufacturing tags uh right now it says powered by hydrocinch technology yeah cool uh obviously down down the road if they're using any direct patented it's under the patent number um but they're, you know, with the other products coming down the road, it would be the same thing. We're looking, like Greg said, we did trademark our name, so we're hoping that that becomes household yep. Um, yep. for whatever we decide to do down the road. Um, but we're looking forward. We're really excited about this uh, this new venture and 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 building basically a new harness. It will be under the uh, the brand's name, though. So. Yeah. So when you guys, just in a minute or so we got left, I'm just curious. When you go to work for this business every day, what does that mean? Do you go, is there, a, is there, do you guys work out of your homes? Do you, uh, what, what is a day in the life of making this business go look like? Boy, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I'll let you start. Uh, every morning I, I, I pretty much go in and I, I just double check on patent tracking to see where we are <laughs> on, on certain aspects of some of the patents that we still have pending. Uh, we'll probably be, uh, Answering a couple emails, uh, we'll look at the analytics on our website to see what uh, traffic patterns we're seeing um, from what regions in the world we got them coming in from. Um, other than that, we're talking about you know where the wind wind may be good in the next couple of days and <laughs> right. where we're going to go yeah. kite. So. I mean, you got to do product <laughs> quality testing, right? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Yep. Right. Corey, Corey's great on that business side, shooting those emails. But uh, right now, we're working with uh, who we signed with. Um, myself, you may catch me down in my workshop trying to. Um, make adjustments on some of the things we, we've uh, put together um, or back behind a computer sketching, right? So what's the next thing? And that's something we keep talking. I think you and I, you do a lot of product research um, and and we talk about that a lot. Uh, I would say almost daily about what's next and what could be better. So you'll see that a lot, or that would be 
a big part of our conversations, yeah. I would yeah. think. Yeah, that and enhancing our social media presence. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to get some market traction along with this new agreement uh, to other manufacturers. So we're we're constantly doing that almost every single day. Yeah. What's the next move? Yeah, networking. Same thing. Yeah. You know. Well, I love it, guys. You know, you guys walked into the studio with a smile. It's clear you love what you're doing, and uh, it's exciting. We're we're uh, we're thrilled for you, and we're, we're appreciative that you came on and shared the story. You know, in our audience out there, there are people listening right now saying, "Man." Those guys did it. I, you know, I should really do something with my idea. And that's the whole idea behind this radio show. Absolutely. Get a little inspiration, a little storytelling, backstory, and some how-to along the way as well. And you guys are doing it. Other people can too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Join us on the water. We'll yeah. show you how. Join us <laughs> yep. on the water. There you go. For a little party. Only in Turks and Caicos, though, right? Well, yeah. If you want yeah. to. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> you guys throw on the party? Best, yeah. To me, the We're best there. place in the world. <laughs> Startup Nation on the beach. Yep. So, uh, there we go. All I right, like guys. the sound of that. I do, too, actually. <laughs> I do, too. Uh, that's great. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thanks, Jeff. a pleasure. Wishing you great success. And uh, yeah, we'll check on you guys from time to time. If you nail a big deal, come see us. We want to hear the rest of the story. Well, then Always. that's when we'll do okay. that radio show okay. on the and beach in Turks and Caicos. Right. Right on. And uh, on your tab. On our tab. <laughs> <laughs> when, the, when, the, when the big deal comes out. Okay. All right, guys. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Continue great success. Great. All right. Thanks, right sir. on. Back next week again with another Startup Nation radio show. Join us. And between now and then, you get out there now and make your dreams come true and start it up. The preceding program was furnished by Startup Nation Media Group.